0: Turn in this evening again to first Thessalonians and chapter 1 that we're studying over the summer time first Thessalonians and chapter 1 and uh, this evening I'm looking together at verses two and three of this epistle. Chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, we give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We're thinking of Nica, at this time, and, and here is a, a, a dominant feature uh, of the city, a city of around a, a million uh, people uh, in these days. Where the apostle went uh, with the gospel and wrote this letter about AD 50. And from these verses, we want to learn uh, this evening uh, aspects of, of our identity as church members, this identity being faith, hope, and love, as identified in this prayer and in other parts of Scripture. And we're thinking of the commonality of our identity of faith, hope, and love, the nature of our identity, the product, the source, the order and the recognition of our identity as church members having faith, hope, and love. In 2011 in Inverness, in the capital of the Highlands, a new monument it was erected at the Ness Bank Church, and it was a, a monument of faith, hope, and charity. This monument had previously stood on the roof of a draper's shop in the high street of Inverness, but in 1950, when that draper's shop was demolished, uh, a collector from Orkney uh, bought uh, the statue, uh, and that then in his, his passing, uh, the, the statue was returned uh, to the city and in 2011, it was placed in this prominent site uh, within the, the city of Inverness uh, on the banks of the river in the, the precinct of, of one of the churches there. And... It is a witness to the prominence of these attributes within Scripture of faith, hope, and charity. In this first chapter, we are seeing the identity or the marks of. Church members, uh, as we've thought of already today, the different aspects uh, that relate uh, to church membership as identified by the Apostle in this letter, possibly the first letter uh, which he wrote around uh, AD 50 from Corinth uh, to this fledgling congregation in Thessalonica. He had gone there from Philippi. God had blessed his ministry. Greeks and Jews and prominent ladies had believed the gospel. Acts 16 says he'd only been there possibly for a few months. And now he's writing to supplement the teaching that he had given to them and to establish them further in their faith. And we have thought that this congregation, as just does ours, has a pastoral dimension We thought of the historical dimension relating to the Old Testament. We thought of the geographical dimension God had placed them there in Thessalonica in that bustling city of 100,000 or more people. The spiritual dimension of them being in Christ. And the ecumenical dimension of Jews and Greeks indicated by the greeting grace and peace that was to characterize them and us within the local church. And we come then to this sixth aspect or dimension of the local church or identity. How does the apostle identify these believers? What are the prominent traits, the visible expressions of belonging to Christ or belonging to the church that he indicates in his prayer in verse 3? And they are, of course, the well-known virtues of faith and hope and love. And we're thinking of these and, and how they relate to us uh, this evening. Think first of all of the commonality of our identity, of these graces. As Paul and Silas and Timothy uh, think of this young congregation, they thank God in their prayer here for these qualities of faith, hope and love. And why are they thanking God for these qualities This is something which Timothy has come back eh, from his recent visit to Thessalonica. And in verse 6 of chapter 3, we read, Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly. Timothy had recently visited them. And the thing that that he brings to the apostle and to Silas is that this new congregation is marked by faith and love and in other places by hope of Christ's return. And the apostle in his prayer before God is rejoicing in this. That here is this fledgling congregation and these are the virtues which are characterizing them of faith and love And hope. And why is it that he's enthused by this? It's because these are the prominent graces in the Bible, which are marks that we have been regenerated, that we belong to the Lord Jesus. Here is the evidence, the identity of church members who not only belong to the visible church, but to the invisible church of Jesus Christ, that we have faith and hope and love. And so as the apostle hears this report from Timothy, he is thanking God that, that in these people who, who were once pagans, they are now evidencing this wonderful transformation by the spirit and power of God. They have faith, they have hope, they have love. We encounter this triad at the end of First Thessalonians in chapter 5 and, and verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. We read of the apostle writing to the Corinthians, if where he was at this point when he's writing this letter, for Thessalonians, and we read at the end of that chapter that now abides faith and hope and love, the greatest of these. Being love in Colossians chapter one, the Paul at the end of his ministry in the prison in Rome is writing to the the churches in Colossae, and again in his opening praise in the first chapter, he thanks God for their faith in Christ Jesus, the love that they have for all saints, because of the hope that is laid up for them in heaven. The writer to the Hebrews reflecting. On the readers of his letter. Thanks God for their faith. And hope and love. In chapter 6 Peter. In his epistle. In in the first epistle. Writing to his readers. Thanks God for the faith. And the hope. And the love of his readers. The commonality. Of this identification. Faith. Hope. Love are the prominent three graces of those who truly know Christ, of those who belong to the church of Christ. As, as the apostle hears from Timothy, that in these new believers, faith, hope, and love is seen. He thanks God for his saving work in their hearts. We have the expression, the root of the matter is in someone. By that expression, we mean that they've not matured yet. The the, the, the essence of the thing is not in its full bloom and, and, and progression, but the root of the matter is there. It comes from the book of Job in chapter 19. Job uses that expression in his great statement. The root of the matter is in him. This is what the apostle thanks God for here. He'll go on to make corrections He'll go on to make comments on their behaviour and some suggestions to those who are not as active as they should be. But he begins by thanking God that the root of his saving grace is in their hearts. There is faith, there is hope, there is love. And the statute in an Inverness stands as preachers, as a witness to that increasingly godless nation and to all our nations. To warring family members, to Ukraine and Russia, to Sudan, to the Bhutanese state, to West Winds here, that what is needed in our world is not more education or money, but faith and hope and love produced by the Spirit of God and unbelievers' hearts. The commonality of these graces. Secondly, the nature of these graces. Faith, hope and love. The faith is a saving faith. It's not the creed as sometimes that's used or a set of doctrine that, that sometimes is the way faith is used in the epistles and, and writings. But, but here it is, that saving faith, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. In verse number 6, the writer speaks about your faith in God. In verses 9 and 10, he, he refers to them turning from their idols and trusting in the saving, redeeming God. Faith refers to their saving faith, their trust alone in Jesus Christ. And the apostle rejoices That this is in them. They're not talking about earning their way to heaven. They're not talking about paying into the church to gain an entrance into the many mansions. Their trust alone is in Jesus Christ the Saviour. Their love. The love here is a love for God primarily in response to his love for them. In verse 4 he refers to that love. We know brothers loved by God. In his second letter, he was also mentioned this incredible love that God has for these fledgling believers in Thessalonica. God in heaven has loved them. And they respond to that divine love by loving that God. And by loving God's people. Throughout this letter, he talks about their brotherly love. Chapter 4 and verse 9, for example. Now concerning brotherly love. You have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Here is another mark of the regenerate life of someone who is a Christian, of a true church member. Love for God and love for his people. And hope. The Thessalonians have hope. In chapter 4 and verse 13, the apostle speaks of their contemporaries, those devoted to other gods and religions. They have no hope. Annihilation is what they anticipate. Death is the end in their religion. But in contrast to that, these church members have hope. They have hope of Christ returning. They have hope of life after death in the presence of God. They have hope of eternal glory. And at the end of every chapter in First Thessalonians, the writer mentions this hope. Chapter 1, for example. Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Chapter 2 verse 19, what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Is it not you? Chapter 3, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Here is the nature of our identity faith in Jesus Christ alone as Saviour, hope of his second coming in glory and power, love for God and for his people. Many political parties go through a stage of trying to gain and find their identity. Who are they? Are they a right-wing party? Are they a left-wing party? Are they a centre party? Their views on ethics often reveal where they are placed in relation to those things. Their their policies indicate their positioning within the political spectrum. And sometimes their identity is grey and foggy and mystical. But here it's set out for us. What is a church member? Who is someone that belongs to Jesus Christ? What are the marks of a Christian? Faith and hope love let's take a moment to ask this of ourselves: do we have faith faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation where peers trust in their works and efforts we trust alone in the blood of Christ Love, do we have love for God? Do we have love for all of God's people? Hope, are we looking forward to with joy and anticipation and certainty the coming glory of the Lord Jesus Christ to raise the dead and take his people into his presence forever? Faith. Hope, love. Thirdly, the product of our identity. You may say, well, faith, hope, and love, well, it's, it, it can be something that's hard to put your finger on. It can be something that's hidden. It can be something that's, that's quite unclear. But the apostle here latches on to the evidences Of their faith, hope, and love. And he takes his time over each one, doesn't he? And he ties in the product, what this faith is producing. Well, this faith is producing works, he says in verse 3. The work of faith and in our reformed theology descendants of the reformation we struggle to put work and faith in the same sentence because we so stringently emphasize that salvation is by faith alone without works but we argue that the works don't accompany the faith and salvation but they follow the faith and salvation they produce The works, the faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation produces works of obedience, charity, and service. They come after the saving faith. The love produces labor. The labor of love. The word is strong here, labor, toil, stress, effort, It comes from the love. The love for God's people, the prayer, the interest, the compassion in our hearts for one another will produce practical action. We will phone, we will visit. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Paul speaks of the love that he had for the Thessalonians when we could no longer (coughs) forbear, he says. We were willing to be left behind at Athens and we sent Timothy, our brother in the gospel, to establish and exhort you in your faith. He had a great love for the Thessalonians, for these new believers. He was entering into their experiences, into their fears, into their doubts, into the intimidation by the Jews. And he expressed that love for them in labor and steadfastness, the hope Produces steadfastness. This was one of the great comforts for the apostle. Here was this young church, new believers, just three or months, three or four months Christians, and surrounding them, it was this opposition by the city of Thessalonica, by the Jewish people. Satan, as the apostle will go on to say, was active in, in seeking to ruin this congregation, but the hope of eternal glory was producing in these believers the steadfastness and perseverance in the Christian way. The product of our identity of faith, hope, and love is works, labor, steadfastness. We say of someone who is hypocritical, he talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. He claims to be something, to be someone, but he doesn't live this out. But this is different. Paul thanks God for their faith, for their hope, for their love. And the evidence of that deep-rooted virtues is in their works, and in their labor, and in their steadfastness. Someone looks at us. Do they see just someone who claims to be a church member? But do they see works, which our faith produces? Do they see labor, which our love for fellow church members produces? Do they see a steadfastness, a steady, regular, dependent commitment to the Christian life and the ways of Christ day in? Day out, week in, week out, year in, year out. The steadfastness coming from our hope of the second coming of Jesus. The product of our faith and hope and love. Fourthly, the source of our faith and hope and love. The verse ends with these important words in our Lord Jesus Christ. And the apostle is emphasising the brand of our identity. Faith, hope and love. It's not the common faith that that people have in communities. Oh, I have faith, their neighbour says. Oh, they worship the the pantheon, the gods of Rome and, and ancient Greece. Oh, they had faith, all right. Perhaps some of them had faith in a God of their own imagination. A God who would forgive all and bring all into heaven as as some did in ancient, believed in ancient times. They had faith. But not faith connected and produced by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a different brand of faith. This is saving faith. This is living faith. This is true faith. Many have love. A neighborliness, a compassion, a selflessness that sometimes puts us to shame. And we, we think of, of the lengths some unbelievers go to help us and to help others who are in need. In COVID times, there were such acts of compassion that were incredible by unbelievers. They have love, but not a love that's driven by the love of Jesus for us. And the love that's driven for the glory and honour of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a different type of love. A different motive for love. A love that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. And people have hope. Most people in Newton arts hope to be in heaven. They don't want to go to hell. They hope. To be in heaven. They hope that after this life. There will be peace. There will be serenity. There will be rest. Go to funerals. And and you will hear this. Of people who, who made no profession. That they're at rest now. This is the language. This is the direction of our society. They have a hope. Beyond this life. But it's not a hope. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That is true. That is absolute. That is certain. That is based and his death, on his resurrection, on his atonement. Prince William and Kate have been out visiting the homeless. When Prince William was 13, he said to his mother, Diana, that when I am king, I will fill my palaces with the homeless. And that is great compassion. But it's different from this. A love in our Lord Jesus Christ. A love which responds to his love. A love which is driven and sustained and motivated by his strength and by his grace. So Jesus gives us faith. Jesus gives us love. Jesus gives us hope. So in our doubts, let us ask him for faith. In the trying times, the difficult times, in our marriage, in our congregation, in our workplace, let us ask him for love. And in the moment of death, let us ask him for hope. A hope that is true. A hope that is real. A hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of our identity. Fifthly, the order of our identity. Now deliberately I've been going on this evening about faith, hope and love and perhaps that's really rankled you because you go well in the text here that is not the order. It is not faith, hope and love. It's faith, love and hope. We're used to the order of faith, hope and love aren't we? from 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the well-known statement, significantly in, in the detail uh, recording that the setting up uh, of the, 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 the statutes in Inverness, uh, they, they noted that uh, what delayed the whole process was that the head of charity had to be fixed on uh, to, the, to, to, the, to the plinth. And the, this, this focus then was on on charity, and it often is. Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love but that's not the order here it's faith, love and hope and hope's at the end obviously as in Corinthians for emphasis because this was what this church needed at that time they needed most of all to have the hope that produced steadfastness They were a young church. They were a church surrounded by intimidation, by persecution. A persecution which drove Paul out of that city eh, onto other places, to Berea, to Athens, and now to Corinth. And as he writes this letter, what he emphasizes is this third quality, the hope. The hope that produces the perseverance, the steadfastness, in their lives. And at different times. In our Christian life. And congregational life. There will be the need to. To fasten on to a different one. Of these three. Identifying virtues. That sometimes we will need to focus on the faith. At other times on the love. At other times on the hope. One journalist reviewing the behaviour of Meghan and Harry these days, going to different events in New York, was that they're frazzled young parents. Frazzled young parents. They've got sleepless nights. They've got heavy demands with their young children. They're needing patience They're needing commitment. They're needing to help one another in this time. That's the stage they're at now. As their children grow older, there'll be other qualities that need to be drawn from these parents. But at this time, that's what needs to come from them in their family and in their life. In the Thessalonians' experience, it was hope. That they needed to focus on. And Paul focuses on it in this wonderful letter the hope to be strong of Jesus coming again, to right the wrongs of their life and of their world and experience, which produces the perseverance and the steadfastness in their faith. Perhaps it's a time of doubt for you, lack of assurance. What you need to fasten on is the faith. The faith in Christ alone brings salvation. Perhaps from time to time in our congregation, there'll be a lot of bereavement, a lot of illness. And what we'll need to fasten on as a congregation is love and reaching out and helping and compassion. That will be the dominant grace in our life at that time. Perhaps in your life it's a time of pressure to conform to have a flutter on the dogs to go to the nightclubs to compromise your principles and you need the hope that will produce steadfastness in your life and character. The order of these virtues Different from Corinthians, but different for a reason. Faith, love, hope. Lastly, the recognition of our identity. Here's the apostle. He's not writing a theological treatise at this moment in time. In in verse 2 and 3 of 1 Thessalonians, he is praying. He's in a real, live experience. He's thinking of the experience of these Thessalonians. He's thinking of real people. And he's able to thank God for their faith, for their love, for their hope. Timothy has come with this news of their faith and of their love in chapter 3 verse 6. Their hope was evident in their steadfastness, their perseverance, young, immature, though they were in Christ. They were going on in the Christian faith and Paul's writing to encourage them and inspire them in the Christian way. He can see these virtues, their faith and their hope and their love. He's not looking through rose-tinted glasses. This is not optimism. This is not guessing. He hears of it from Timothy. And he thanks God that this is real. His saving work is evidence in the change in their life. Faith and hope and love is recognized by him. That should be recognizable in us. The Euclid telescope being launched yesterday is, It's just amazing, isn't it? Heading out to study the dark matter of space. Absolutely wonderful. To see those billions of galaxies that that haven't been explored yet. We just can't wait to see God's amazing world. But they need this most powerful telescope to see what people have been unable to see for centuries. But our faith, our hope, and our love should be easily recognisable. That a man on a galloping horse, our work colleague, or neighbour, should be able to detect in us there's a Christian. I can see their love and their faith and their hope. And one way to promote it, develop it, advance it, is by reading Christian biographies. Daymaker Michael. It's one of these amazing and inspiring biographies. Full of faith. Full of love. Full of hope. Alcaraz, 20-year-old Wimbledon, number one seed, first time the top four haven't been the top seed at Wimbledon for 20-odd years, perhaps, perhaps longer. He has on his arm three letters tattooed representing three words that his grandfather taught him and these three letters if you you look closely all begin with C they are all C uh, and he finds inspiration from them from the words themselves and from the connection that there is to his grandfather encouraging him to give his best to work hard to take it seriously. Here are our three words. Faith and hope and love. The Valkaraz can tattoo them his words on his arm to inspire him To win just a tennis tournament. You and I can place these three words in a prominent location. To think about them every day. To pray that they'll be produced in our life every day. To pray that we'll develop in these things every day. We can do this for the honour and the glory of our Saviour, Jesus Christ the identity of church members, love and faith and hope.